0: Welcome to the Nobody Asked Our Opinion podcast, a podcast where two untrusting, crazy, jealous sycophants talk about pop culture and just random bullshit. This sycophant is JJ.
1: And this sycophant is Joanna.
0: Do you, do you know where I got that The crazy sycophant?
1: Um, I'm assuming what? it's on your list of Shakespearean insults that you should. It's me. actually
0: not Shakespearean. <gasps>
1: Where'd you get this one?
0: This is courtesy of Phoebe Buffet from Friends. Yas, Phoebe. This is it's the episode where uh, Ross thinks that Emily has gone lesbian because she's hanging out with Carol a bunch. <laughs> I and forgot Phoebe's that like, was a plot line. Yeah, and Phoebe's like, "Oh my God, yeah, Carol must have done you dirty. Like ever since like you, you broke up with Carol and." Uh, you've become the Sun untrusting crazy jealous sycophant. <laughs> and it came up in my in my consciousness the other day and I was like I'm gonna use that
1: <laughs> No one day you wanted an intro you're like no we gotta use it while it's still in the brain because once it's gone it's gone <laughs> gotta do
0: it gotta do it because it is not gonna stay there forever
1: <laughs> all right well um obviously we didn't record last week because um, I was a, felt like poop because of the allergies and uh, JJ noticed I didn't call and went, that's okay. I'm okay. Taking a break. It's late. I'm tired. And you know what? what? <laughs> that's what we did. <laughs> Cause I was like, I didn't realize until like Wednesday afternoon, we didn't record a podcast and JJ's like, oh, I realized on Tuesday, but I was okay with it.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I'm fine with having a night off neat
1: (laughs) yeah so um y'all are welcome I went to bed at like 9pm that night (laughs) you got a week off of not listening to us ramble
0: but we're back 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 again bitches
1: woot and there's that means we got two weeks worth of shit to talk about and guess what there's still not a whole lot of shit to talk about
0: (laughs) We're still just going to talk about the shit from last week that we're going to talk about. We're just going to talk about it now.
1: (laughs) Um, yeah, basically. I mean, the things coming up are all new. (laughs) No, I lied. Only one of them's new. (laughs) Daddy Feige gave us a Uh, present. Daddy Feige gave us a present last night. And so (laughs) we're going to talk about that later. Um... But, um, for news things, um, the Golden Globes happened. That was yeah, the thing that happened. I'm,
0: uh, I'm always astonished that like people still even like cover it because it's it feels like it's so uh, like these award shows I don't know if they even have a place in like a like a COVID world like didn't they didn't, oh, they didn't, even, rem- they didn't even they didn't have even have a like, show. It, yeah, they just, like, They announced. didn't even
1: have a ceremony. They, they had a person stand up and, a, and announce it, and I don't even think it was being broadcast, and we found out on Twitter. Twitter yeah. t- Twitter and Instagram told me the things that I needed to know about the Golden Globes, and they're the two things that you had pulled out of that article for us to talk about, because everybody and their dog was talking about how, finally, MJ Rodriguez has finally won a Golden Globe for Pose.
0: And after is being, the, after like being kind of looked over for uh, what, a, seasons. She didn't an Emmy, right?
1: Um, yeah. She didn't get the
0: Emmy for Pose.
1: No, so. she didn't get the Emmy. No, because the crown won all of the Emmys. All the Emmys. So. All of them. Um, but um, snaps for MJ uh, for being fierce and wonderful and uh, being the first trans woman to win a Golden Globe.
0: Because you guess work. what, people, representation fucking matters. So having a a person, a, a trans person, win such a prestigious award is a big deal. But I'll... tells you otherwise is, is stupid.
1: But it's also not just, like, a gimmicky thing. Like, MJ Rodriguez is legit, like, an amazing actress and should be getting all of the props and the awards and the accolades because she's really talented. And it's not just because representation matters, but it's because she's goddamn talented.
0: No, this is not an an example of tokenism by any stretch of the matter. Like, she definitely deserved this, this award for her, like... I, I, her entire run on pose was chef's kiss absolutely fantastic and and you know being able to win such a prestigious award and also being openly trans as a huge huge step forward just for fucking society cuz it's it's just kind of it's bs the fact that it's 2022 and we're just now getting you know openly trans people being just nominated for awards much less now finally getting a a, a trans openly trans woman winning it so oh
1: props. yeah
0: props. props props props
1: but it's also not like many trans people are getting nominated so far as just mj
0: uh well Laverne cox was getting some good uh Back when Orange is the New Black was
1: I don't think she was was ever Nominated though I think she was given Praise and I think People could
0: have sworn she was nominated
1: I thought I looked it up Because it was a big deal when uh, MJ was nominated for the Emmy and I don't think Laverne Cox Ever was I think I looked it up I could be wrong but I Just I don't if so Orange is the New Black was popular how many years Ago
0: yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like yeah. it's, it's 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 taken us this long to finally get a, a a trans woman. I mean, she's won I think a she's won a Daytime Emmy for something. Oh, uh, so it's for her she won an award for she was an executive producer on something called The T Word.
1: Interesting. Um But for other firsts for the uh, Golden Globes that nobody watched because it wasn't broadcast, Um, Oh Young-soo is the first South Korean actor to ever win a Golden Globe, and he won for Squid Game. He played uh, Il-nam, the the old man who, you know, tore our hearts into a million pieces. Uh, He's really good in that show.
0: I'm going to take your word because I have not seen it.
1: That's why I worked really hard not to do anything that was too spoilery as far as things. But uh, yeah, no, he fucking kicked ass. He's really, really talented. And I'm really glad to see that he is being honored um, here in the States because that's usually not something we like are like, woo. Uh, I mean, like, you know, uh, Parasite opened some doors and um just like Gia Gun, we'll talk about that in Dragon
0: oh, um, no, oh oh no. no Oh no 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 <laughs>
1: The doors parasite is open for people oh, like <laughs> oh god I can't I've been wanting to talk to you about this forever also um we'll get there <laughs> we'll get there friends um for every- <laughs> all of our heterosexual listeners who don't watch drag at all are like I don't understand these words and you're like oh but you will <laughs> oh but you will um but no but seriously though Parasite did uh, really open the floodgates for people of uh for South Korea to be able to be seen as um actual talented actors as opposed to some artsy thing you can kind of watch and uh Squid Game I mean that was proven by the fact that Squid Game was like is the most streamed show yeah. on Netflix
0: ever. Yeah. Absolutely.
1: And I think that's amazing and so um snaps for Oh Young Soo for being amazing. And, um, that's all I have to say about the Golden Globes, because that's the only interesting stuff that's happened.
0: Uh, I'm just gonna, I'm looking really quick through, like, the, the winners list, just to see if there are any, like,
1: uh... Does anything, anything else, out. anything else jump out at you as, like, mm, this is important? <laughs>
0: uh, I mean, just, like, I guess it's just fun and noteworthy to, to hear, like, um, excuse me, uh... I mean it, it's not surprising but Encanto won uh best motion picture best animated motion picture um
1: Oh yeah and if it if it stays on this track and it wins and it wins the Oscar actually it'll probably win Oscar for best animated feature but if it can win if the soundtrack can win uh an Oscar then Lin will finally get his Egot. Because
0: egot. Yeah. How much of uh, how much of the egot has he have has he gotten now?
1: He he has all of it but the Oscar. So he has an an, yeah he has an Emmy he has a Grammy and he has a Tony. And he also has a Pulitzer and I think a Peabody. So he has a he's almost a Peagot Ew. Yeah, he's almost a fancy one. Uh, but yeah, because what was it? If Moana did not win best song the year that it was up. I think it went to. Oh, I don't even remember who it went to. And I remember going. Mm, not that one. Oh, I think it was like La La Land. And then the next year, uh, Coco won for Best Song instead of uh, Greatest Showman. This is me. And I was like, Disney, you should have swapped it. Let Moana win. <laughs> and they give Pasa pa the the Oscar for Greatest Showman. <laughs> because I thought Greatest Showman was a stronger soundtrack than La La Land. <laughs> but that's just me. But yeah, he's almost he's almost a peacock, So if he can win that Oscar off the uh you know, the 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 train of the uh the golden globes. Fingers crossed, Lynn.
0: Yeah, we'll see. You we can do see. it. But yeah, those are awards happened.
1: <laughs> okay. And then in sad news, people died. So, our so, we're 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 doing a trend that so far every podcast of 2021 we've had to report a death. We would have had one last week and then a new one this week if it weren't for you know, us not recording. So, um Sydney Poitier died at age 94 and then tragically Bob Saget died at 65. I found about Sidney Poitier on just scrolling through social media. And I was like, man, not going to lie. At first, I was like, I thought he had already died. Now I'm even more sad because he was still alive, this great living legend. And now he's dead. Um, And I found out Bob Saget died because Shane texted me and I didn't believe him. I had to Google it.
0: (laughs) So I don't believe you could, sir. Well,
1: well, it was also so very just blunt. It was just Bob Saget died. And I was like. But did he? And then I looked online and I go, oh shit, he did. <laughs> yeah,
0: what <it's> the <like, laughs> It's like there's a there's a handful of celebrities that kind of die on a like every few years or so. We'll hear like, oh, Jaleel White died again. And I'm like, I thought he died like five years ago, but he's still he's still alive and kicking. Uh, there's other like random celebrities that will like every now and again will pop up and be like, do you remember if so and so had died yet? Are they still alive? Has anybody checked on them?
1: <laughs> oh yeah, I know. Like Morgan Freeman dies every few years. Mm-hmm. Um, who else? Macaulay Culkin dies every few years. It was more. It was more one of those. You believe the Macaulay Culkin went for a while because he was living a, uh, a you know a more interesting life, and he had kind of fallen off the grid, and you're kind of like. I would believe that he died. And you're like, oh, no, he's still alive. Now, if you were to tell me tomorrow that Macaulay Culkin died, I'd be like, no, his
0: mm-hmm. life's
1: been going really well. <laughs> but, yeah, surprisingly um, so. I mean, good for him, so. but, you're like,
0: yeah. but you're like, wow, would not have pictured this a, a few years back, would not have pictured this outcome for you. <laughs>
1: Right, um, but I mean, it's it's these these two deaths right now though, are tragic. I mean, Sidney Poitier was the uh, you know first African American man to win an Oscar.
0: Um, yeah, absolute legend, and it's, a wonderful it actor. To, yeah, it, it sucks to hear you know that we're we're getting to the age where we're losing. Legends. We're, I mean, I think. It's just like our generation is now experiencing the loss of legends. Every yeah. generation kind of goes through their own, like, you know, uh, um, you know, there are celebrities that they grew up with are starting to uh, pass, pass on as well. Uh, but now it's just like our generation is starting to, especially with the, the passing of Bob Saget, that was that's a real like for for us millennials. Like Bob Saget was a huge part of our growing up. So.
1: Well and I mean in sixty-five's like... not that old, so that one's so that's no. just tragic. He was in the middle of a tour when that happened. Like he had just performed the night before, um, did a comedy set, and had he had gone online and had posted a video um saying how much fun he had how much he's missed being able to perform and he looks forward to being at his next city and then told everybody to go to his website to figure out when he was going to be in a town near you so you can come see him. And then he died in his hotel.
0: Have we, have we got, have they reported what the cause of death was? Some sort of, um, I,
1: I heard, I think I heard stroke. It was, it was was a heart problem. So I think, I, I think I heard it was a stroke. Is either a stroke or like a heart, like a mild heart attack that couldn't recover from or a combination of the two? It was something like that. Um, But it was uh, said, though, that it wasn't anything crazy that he did go peacefully in his sleep.
0: I mean, I mean, just from this article, he he, it sounds like his family has a, had a lot of, um, like medical issues, like medical yeah. histories. Like his dad died of congestive heart failure. His sister, um, was diagnosed with scleroderma, um, yeah, and she, disease,
1: and she passed away.
0: And she, she's passed, so like, uh, he, he, he had an uphill climb, yeah. medically to kind of, uh, to keep it going, but, uh, yeah, it's, it's sad. I think the, I think the, I can't remember when I realized this, but there's always that point when you realize like, oh, Bob Saget is actually a really filthy, dirty man. Because you see him, because I grew up in most You grew nonials. up with him
1: as Danny Tanner.
0: Danny Tanner on Full House, or the host of America's Funniest Home Videos, just making silly, you know, silly jokes and puns and making silly voices, but. Silly dad jokes silly dad jokes but he is a dirty like his co- his comics like stand up is dirty and filthy and you're like whoa would never
1: well and that's funny is that, that because together. the the creators of Full House had wanted specifically had wanted Bob Saget to do the show um and everybody around it was like that guy <laughs> that guy is filthy and Bob mm-hmm. Saget didn't want to do it, but he was going to do something else, and then it fell through. So he's like, "All right, fine, I'll come." Like he still got that job, because they had originally he had turned it down, and they had filmed the pilot with a different guy playing the dad.
0: I remember this. I remember and then they
1: reshot it with uh, Bob Saget, and that became kind of what he was known for. And then when people, you know, people who are our age, he grew up with them, just as Danny Tanner or um, and whatnot. Ended up finding out that he was this filthy Old man and you're like what But I found out He was a filthy man because When I was oh 19 Um A friend of mine was like you gotta watch This video with me and I'm like what is it He goes it's the history of this really Dirty joke called The The Aristocrats And I'm going Okay and Bob Saget's version Of that joke it ranks up in like the top three filthiest versions. So like the history of the aristocrats, it's not that it's this hysterical joke that people go out and tell. It is a joke that is specifically done amongst other comics. And the point is to just get so grungy, dirty, filthy, disgusting with this joke because the, your point of you telling this joke is to make other comics laugh. Because it's kind of like, what's your version of this joke? And yeah, it's like, to just it's, out the like industry's
0: each other. way of like, it's, it's like a friendly game of one upsmanship. Like, who can make this dirty, the dirtiest joke? Who can make this do- the dirtiest? And everybody's just trying to make it as raunchy and as gross as possible. I think I remember hearing Gilbert Godfrey's version. Oh, maybe? Gilbert
1: Godfrey's is also god awful disgusting. Uh, but I
0: a I a while back. I, I want to say
1: bo- but I remember specifically Bob Saget's just going oh <laughs> 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 oh my. And yeah. um, you know just giggling because it was just so dirty and you're like it felt wrong watching Danny Tanner tell this joke. Not but sorry, yeah. also wanting to take a shower afterwards cuz it was filthy. Um but I, I'm, you know. <laughs> if you're looking for something fun to Google, friends, Bob Saget, the aristocrats. Um, don't listen to it at work or around anybody with a squeezy stomach. Oh my god, stomach.
0: NSFW for sure. <laughs> this is not safe for life, honestly. Like, you need to, this is a private experience for <laughs> a yourself. <laughs>
1: a private experience for you and you alone. Don't let children near it. No, um no, no, no. You have been warned. But it is a fun way to to honor our friend Bob Saget, um, who honestly is one of those people who you wouldn't expect so many people to come forward and be like, Bob Saget was the sweetest man. But everybody has just been like, Bob Saget was the sweetest man. He was a filthy, dirty old man, but he was sweet and he was kind. And that warms the cockles of my heart. And... um also made me sad Because before they had an audience Jimmy Kimmel came out to do Because uh, they had just found out that Bob Had passed And so before they had let in their audience He was trying to do this monologue To you know In tribute to Bob without people watching And this man is just Sobbing Like the entire time yeah. at one point he's like I've tried to get through this seven times And we're just going to have to just It's just going to have to be this Because I can't not be emotional right now because he was my friend but um, it oh, yeah. was
0: huge huge um, uh, impact in the comedy world like comedians now cite Bob Saget as like inspiration
1: yeah so it's just uh, yeah it's just one of those those uh, sadness and so hopefully mm-hmm. 2022 is done just grabbing my childhood and taking it to uh, taking it off the earth um, no. that'd be, that'd be nice. Um, you want to talk about something silly now?
0: Oh my God. The most silly, the most silly.
1: Okay. Can so we
0: talk about Elmo being angry at a rock, it's not that he's angry. He had a beef with the rock. He is this. There is a lot of anger behind his words.
1: <laughs> okay. So this is a story that was, it was subtly on my radar, but I hadn't delved into it yet. And I'd gotten a text from producer Jonathan who said, please tell me you're covering Elmo and his Twitter beef with with Rocco. And I said, oh, absolutely. We're going to talk about this because apparently um, we could talk about a lot of serious news in the ways of the world and all sorts of things. Or we could talk about Sesame Street. And I'd rather a hard-hitting news be Sesame Street, so... Buckle up, friends.
0: We've done the serious. We already we discussed the serious things. We discussed the implications of the trans community in in the world of the Golden Globes. We we introduced South Korea into uh, American mainstream by uh, awarding uh, you know Homeboy from Squid Game. We've done our serious, hard hitting news. Let's fucking talk about a puppet being having beef with a pet rock. We deserve this.
1: (laughs) Okay, so um, JJ has read through the article and uh, we've talked a little before we started recording. I'm about to go deep dive onto this, this, this story because I've watched a lot of videos about this because I needed to know more. And I've watched the original clip. I have watched um, one of my favorite YouTube channels, Double Toasted. And they did a whole segment on it. I kid you not, the whole video of them talking about this is like 40 minutes long. And I watched all of it.
0: (laughs) And it was (laughs) great. That is commitment, folks. This is Um, commitment.
1: So, Elmo has a very good friend on Sesame Street. Another Muppet, another monster Muppet named Zoe. Now Zoe is one of those Characters who is Even more over the top than Elmo In ways but Elmo's Like you know what we're best friends And we're gonna hang out and so Zoe was excited to introduce Elmo To her pet rock Rocco not a Muppet Not a pretend anything It is literally just a rock With eyes I think it has eyeballs (laughs) Like, the googly eyeballs that were, like, glued right. on.
0: Good. Yeah, just, like... <laughs> it's, yeah, yeah. it's Just it's, real goofy.
1: It's not a Muppet Rock. It's not one of those surprise-it-actually-talks-things. It's no... No... Zoe's alone, upset that nobody believes her rock is a friend, and then it starts talking to her. Nope, nope, nope. Just a rock. Pet rock you got from, like, the 70s and the 80s. Like, remember those were sort of things that were in stores at one point? Yeah, one of those. So... Zoe has Rocco. And so he comes down and is like, hey, Elmo, this is Rocco. And Rocco is not just in this one episode of Sesame Street. Rocco appears in a few episodes of Sesame Street. And let me yeah, tell you.
0: <laughs> this beef has been going on for a while.
1: This beef happens. This, this pops up and down. And this is also not a new episode of Sesame Street. This happened in like 2011. This was like 10 years ago, friends. And so Elmo's like, Okay, you have a pet rock. That's cool. Let's still go play. And at one point, Elmo's like, hey, let's jump rope. And Zoe's like, yeah, Rocco wants to jump rope. And Elmo goes, what? Legit what? <laughs> Not, okay, okay, Zoe. And, what? <laughs> the
0: voice dropped
1: <laughs> an octave. <and> went,
0: huh? <laughs> uh, excuse me?
1: But Okay. Moving forward, uh, Elmo's feeling a little overshadowed by this rock because Zoe's giving all of her attention to this rock who's not really a thing, but just a just a rock. And Elmo's kind of increasingly getting more frustrated but trying to deal with it because Elmo's trying to be a good friend. But eventually, they end up at uh, the little, like, cafe shop that they have. It was, like, the corner store, you know, that, like, Mr. Hooper used to run back in the day. And so they have a like a teenager friend who's like their friend for the day whose name I can't remember but it's not important. But she's there and was like working at the little cafe and is giving them cookies for like their snack for the end of the day. And so they're like passing them out and she goes, "Here, Elmo, here's a chocolate chip cookie for you." And he's like, "Gee, thanks, friend." And uh Zoe gets like a chocolate chip or gets like a peanut butter cookie or something like that and Rocco gets a oatmeal raisin cookie and when Rocco gets the oatmeal raisin cookie Elma's like oh wow oatmeal raisin is my favorite type of cookie um can I have one of those instead of the chocolate chip cookie and the girl behind the counter she's like oh Elma, I'm so sorry but that's my last oatmeal raisin cookie and he's like you know what that's fine I'll eat this one because it's in front of a rock. And Zoe says, oh, no, Elmo, oatmeal raisin is Rocco's favorite cookie. And Elmo loses (laughs) Uh, his mind. So
0: loses his shit is what he loses.
1: So (laughs) hold on. I I have actual actual dialogue here. So Elmo goes. Rocco's a rock, Zoe! Rocco won't know the difference! (laughs) And Zoe's like, Rocco wants to eat the cookie! And (laughs) Elmo goes, How? How is Rocco gonna eat the cookie, Zoe? Tell Elmo Rocco doesn't even have a mouth! Rocco's just a rock! Rocco's not alive!
0: (laughs) (laughs) Not unaliving a rock? Oh no! (laughs) (laughs) And
1: so... So, like, Elmo's done and, like, is ready to bounce. And so, of course, at the end, they talk and they they, they make, make up or whatever. But in another episode, Zoe's walking around with with Rocco. Um, and Elmo, you can tell from the clip that Elmo, because it's a different day, just wants to be able to announce the number of the day. And he's constantly getting interrupted because he has the number. And he's walking around going, like... Like, and the number of the day is and that something will happen. He's like, oh, I can't do it here. And so he's finally, towards the end of the episode, he's looking around. Nobody's there. And he's like, cool, I'm going to do it. And so he goes to start to, uh, to do it. And then here comes Zoe with who? That bitch, Rocco. <laughs> so they come strolling up <laughs> and Elmo goes, Zoe's so like, what are you doing? It's like, Elmo's just trying to in- introduce the, lo- the number of the day. And I've been trying to do it all day. This is the one thing I want to do today. And Zoe's like, okay, great. Can we watch? And he's like, all right. But, like, this is what I'm going to do. And Zoe's like, perfect. And so there's her and Rocco. And Elmo goes, and Elmo's excited to say that today's number is the number. And then Zoe yells out, three! And Elmo goes, Zoe I told you that Elmo's been wanting to do this all day And Zoe goes Yeah but Rocco thought you were taking too long Oh
0: no 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 no
1: (laughs) So Rocco thought we should just help you out And then leaves (laughs) And I swear (laughs) And Elmo had murder in his eyes
0: However, a, uh, a drawn-on eyeball can get murderous intent behind it. So Elmo somehow channels this.
1: Oh, okay. And um, Rocco was first introduced on Sesame Street in 1999, but it was 2004. So even longer than I thought it was, was when we had our first head-to-head real feud With Rocco. And so this has... The audio for this has gone viral on the TikToks. (laughs) And so people have been like... Oh. We're having some issues here. And so people are like... It's been... It's gone viral. And so finally... um, Elmo has to address it. Because it's bad PR not to. (laughs) And so... Elmo has said in a tweet, Don't worry, everybody. Elmo and Zoe practice sharing and are still best buds forever. Elmo loves you, Zoe. Ha ha ha. And then he wrote in a separate tweet, he says, Elmo doesn't want to talk about Rocco. (laughs) (laughs) And then in another one, completely unrelated. Has anybody ever seen a rock eat a cookie? Elmo is just
0: curious. (laughs) The shade.
1: I died. But in a twist, Dwayne the Rock Johnson has responded to that tweet about whether rocks eat cookies. And said that in fact, rocks do eat cookies with a picture of him with a cookie. And it says, tell Cookie Monster to move over, because I'm coming to Sesame Street.
0: Oh my god.
1: (laughs) Cookie Monster has yet to respond.
0: Hysterical.
1: I almost exclusively only want to cover Sesame Street related content, because this made me so happy. (laughs) It's so (laughs)
0: stupid. I mean uh, uh, Elmos uh, uh, this is not the first time Elmo has been has been has gone viral. We've seen all the Elmo memes uh, that have existed with him with like his arms raised in front of a fire uh, I mean mo- even even more recently uh, uh, audio of I think he was on the Jimmy Allen show and it was like some cooking segment or something random as shit and Elmo says the word balsamic vinegar really weird and TikTok just like went with it oh so yeah am I surprised that Elmo has, is is beefing with uh, his beef with a pet rock has gone viral no because Elmo knows exactly what Elmo's doing
1: <laughs> oh yeah, oh, yeah. El- Elmo gets it And I love that. I love that for Elmo and I love that for us. So I also love that within the last, like, five weeks or so, (laughs) I have covered at least two Sesame Street related stories, because while you weren't on, Jonathan and I covered the fact that people were coming for Big Bird for getting the vaccine.
0: Oh, sweet Jesus. Uh Uh-huh. I did hear about this.
1: And it was brought to my attention that you know, yeah, I mean, but you know, maybe there shouldn't be propaganda towards that. But I was like, what five year old do you know is tr- s- strolling through Twitter because that's the only place Big Bird mentioned it was Twitter. And the response was, "Oh, yeah, no, that's dumb. Then,
0: <laughs> kind of dumb. <laughs> that's that's stupid.
1: We're attacking a seven foot bird for what he tweets." don't brainwash the children but well, we're not we're brainwashing the adults
0: yeah if you're if you're five-year-olds on twitter then no, we have bigger wanna, problems yeah you might want to reconsider your parenting priorities
1: word um you want to talk about some drag race because i need to talk about Chia gun so bad
0: well let's get it going
1: All right, we're going to switch to a segment that we like to call the Drag Race 20. It's where JJ and I talk about drag race for 20 minutes and 20 minutes only, because when left to our own devices, we'll talk about drag forever. So this is for your benefit, not ours. Um, Well, maybe ours, because we won't sleep otherwise. It's been known to happen. (laughs)
0: Uh, next thing
1: we know literally we'll start talking about drag at 11 o'clock at night next thing we know it's 3am and we're going why why am I so tired I don't know but one more thing (laughs) one more thing (laughs) Um, so JJ's gonna set a timer and then when the timer makes its its ding noise we will uh, stop talking even if we are mid word mid syllable mid sentence mid whatever uh, mid-thought um, that happens a lot to me is I'll get ready to switch to it or give my opinion on something and the timer will go ding. And I'll be like, damn it. <laughs> I have no opinions
0: left. <laughs> <laughs> I cannot. Shit. Damn.
1: And so, and then those thoughts get lost forever because very rarely do we remember our thoughts. I think once I was like, I remembered what I was going to say and I'm going to say it. But usually I don't. <laughs> Before I forget. <laughs> usually I don't. It doesn't happen usually, so... But we're going to talk about things. Is the timer ready?
0: Timer is ready.
1: All right, and
0: timer starts now.
1: Okay, so the most the the best thing that has happened in drag in the last two weeks, and that's not just, and it's not season fourteen starting, even though that's fierce, and we'll talk about that in a second. Is the fact that Carrie Colby has walked through the doors. Of uh, Drag Race along with Cornbread who are both out loud and proud trans women Um, although I don't know if Cornbread was technically out as a trans woman yet on this series I think I heard tea that maybe she wasn't yet out as trans yet or hadn't made that decision to transition yet because this was filmed Mm. like a year ago
0: (laughs) Uh, so like during filming maybe not so much but maybe not so
1: much because I think they said that um Being with Carrie for so long helped, like, in close quarters, Carrie helped her realize her her need to transition. And so Mm. it was, uh, and then helped her through all those steps in that process afterwards because they're both L.A. sisters. But, so Carrie Colby walking through, though, she walks through in the uh, first episode in the workroom in this beautiful, like, you know, uh, flowy organza, eleganza, trans flag representation, looking... Also, Carrie Colby is almost too beautiful to look at for too long because it, it hurts my eyes rude. how beautiful
0: she is. Yeah, it's honestly rude. Like, how how very dare she, like, she to looks... look so beautiful.
1: She is so beautiful and stunning. It hurts my eyes and I feel bad about myself. So
0: all at the same time all at
1: the same time so there's that and so miss gia the boom boom gun gets onto twitter and says it is so nice to see an out and proud trans uh trans representation on a regular season of drag race um the doors i have opened
0: Oh, it's the problem is the doors that she opened were not necessarily what she was talking about. She opened the doors for all the shit, the shit storm that was going to come her way.
1: <laughs> and so, the funniest thing is that immediately. The first tweet that in response to that was Got Mick going, I love my fake season. I love my
0: fake season.
1: <laughs> Got Mick being a out and proud trans man. And so Gia responds to that and says, I met trans women. And then Kylie Sonique Love responds with just a gif of her pointing to herself mm-hmm. in her confessionals for All Star Six. Because mm-hmm. technically. Kylie was the first trans woman to compete on Drag Race in season two. In season she wasn't; two. she hadn't started transitioning yet, but she had made that announcement at the reunion. And then uh, Peppermint, I think, responded with just like some side eyes. Yeah. <laughs> and so it's so great because Peppermint have also
0: a trans, uh, a trans, really an like, out
1: and loud trans woman. Yes. Who I don't think she had an uh, she she they didn't know her going into drag race that she was trans but she made it known during that season and then made it to the finale um as I, so th-
0: I think she even had to like stop her transition like she had to stop like taking her hormones like, and hormones stuff because yeah. uh, drag race like while well, she was on drag race because you can't have a trans woman on drag race at right? season, what was that season 9 season 9 yes
1: um, and then, um, uh, you have people like Monica Beverly Hills also came out as trans during her on season on
0: the stage,
1: on the main <laughs> on stage,
0: the main stage, and what season?
1: Um, uh, Monica Beverly Hills, I think she was season five,
0: season five,
1: I think she was season five, and so you have all of this trans representation, and so she has responses, and this is why I, I was like. All right, this is why I can't deal with you all or something like that. I'm going to go back here minding my own business or something. And I'm like, please don't, Gia. I yeah, love your messiness. That. No, I do love that. your messiness. It's so fun. It's so great. It's so perfect. Um, but that it just.
0: Pretty, it was pretty fantastic.
1: It tickled me. And um, no, and then Cornbread. <laughs> cornbread had responded. It's saying something about, oh my god, I need to look it up now. Um, oh my god, what, something about how Gia Gunn was going to like how the doors G again has opened or something like that.
0: Hysterical. Yeah, Gia Gunn does not know when to keep her mouth shut, obviously. But I mean, the times that she does open her mouth, Genius. Just because you want to do it, it doesn't necessarily mm. mean you ain't going to do
1: it. <laughs> it doesn't mean you should. Um, oh my god, I love her so much.
0: Um, Absolutely.
1: Gia again's my favorite. Alright, we'll talk about other things while I'm scrolling through Cornbread's uh, Twitter. Um, so this may take a minute. But um, let's talk about season 14 because she's a fierce beauty.
0: Uh, yeah, first two episodes dropped uh, from and uh, it's a it was a dual it was a split premiere. So, first seven queens uh, went on the first episode, and then the, the second half was the second episode. And I mean, bet- because everybody's gonna do it. First episode, I think, was the better of the two. I think they had the more uh, interesting group of queens. Not, not you know. Uh, trashing any of the queens on the second, second episode because there's some fierce queens there, too. But, like, I mean... Goddamn Cornbread. <laughs>
1: I mean, Cornbread is everything from the first Cornbread episode. Came
0: in and didn't have to slay as hard as she did, but she did.
1: Oh, but she did. And then, um not going to lie episode or the second episode. Um, uh, what is her name already? Uh, Angeria, Angeria (laughs) with 15 names.
0: Dupree. (laughs) Paris, McMichaels, Dupree, St. James, DeLuxington, Dubois.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Um, this fucking bitch. Um, she also did not need to slay that hard.
0: Yeah, she's definitely, uh, she's definitely like, she's a really strong competitor. Obviously, coming up through the pageant scene, is she from Atlanta?
1: Um, I think she's, fr- she's, I think currently in Atlanta, but from like somewhere, somewhere else. further yeah. south. Okay, pause, um, pause. Um, Cornbread tweeted, Waiting for Gia to tweet about how she opened the doors for MJ Rodriguez to win a Golden Globe, all because she saw one on the front of a geography book in middle school.
0: Oh my god, that's right. (laughs) Oh no! I (laughs) died. I was like, yes.
1: Um, thank you, Cornbread, that was wonderful. Thank you. I mean...
0: Uh, yes, that deserves to be... Uh, people need to, like, embroider that on pillows.
1: <laughs> the doors I've opened.
0: Oh, God, yeah. I can't, I, mean, like, I
1: can't, I can't stand it. It's so perfect.
0: And it just goes to show, that Cornbread is, a, like, she's got personality for days. Like, oh, my... Like, God. And, like, and, and
1: comedic, like... Fall in love. And, like, Bianca Del Rio-level, like, comedy, like, wit. Oh yeah! Like to be able to come up with that like instantly for like a tweet, been like mm, I can't wait for this, and I'm like, Yas. yeah, that's that's pretty goddamn.
0: Fierce.
1: No, she she's quick and she's fierce, and um, I want to talk about Maddie Morphosis. now that we can we are on a, a main. A, we we have seen her compete. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. I won. I think the fact that the cisgendered straight. Uh, Queen walked into the uh, workroom, channeling uh, Guy Fieri. Guy
0: Fieri, it's kind of it's it's honestly pretty astounding. It's that is, <laughs> I, I honestly was like, I'm
1: channeling the I'm channeling the uh, the will of my people. It is Guy Fieri, and right, I think like, that's hysterical. <laughs> it's I think it's so smart, and I think that. Because I, I watched the fashion photo review today, and I also watched the pit stop, which Got make was on both of them, and Got Mick was yep. like, "I don't get this," and I'm like, yes. "No, it's fucking genius. It's so yeah. stupid. It's great." I think,
0: M- Morphosis is a really like sm- she's she makes really smart decisions w- when it comes to like. Uh, like her con- like she's very conceptual very s- th- there's a, a a higher level of thinking there and you can tell with some are like i mean it, it, not that it's like uh it was earth shattering like her runway like we've i've seen that kind of costume before but you know to see it on the runway in the way that she like she like was juggling her own head that was like i was like okay
1: Oh yeah, I was like, we've seen Marie Antoinette before on the main stage of RuPaul's Drag Race. We have not seen a decapitated Marie Antoinette on the stage of RuPaul's of the the on the main stage of RuPaul's Drag Race. And then no, I also, mean, like,
0: I've seen that costume bef- not on Drag Race, but like before. You've seen like the the costume of yeah. like the person like taking his head off, but like definitely not on Drag Race, and like definitely not in like this uh, in in this like con- context. And despite the shoe.
1: Okay, so everybody's Everybody giving sh- the shoe. Okay, everybody's giving like was clocking that ballet flat. And I will say, I after I watched a video of Maddie Morphosis explaining
0: uh-huh. why why yeah. okay,
1: why she had to why she was like or how the costume puts hits together. So she has a backpack on that has the base for this mannequin doll and then creates the arms. And so she's wearing that on her back. But if she stands up straight Marie Antoinette is suddenly like 10 feet tall. Mm -hmm. So,
0: and she can't,
1: and she can't hunch over because if she hunches over, Marie Antoinette's looking like her, her body's facing downwards. So this bitch had to duck walk the main stage in this costume. So in my mind, for safety, you can't be in a hill. In a heel. I do, like, I do get, though, the, the critique from Raja being, like, during fashion photo review being, like, maybe she should have been in a boot, and I would, like, it would be period, and it would make sense, and it would be a way to cheat the flats. But Mm -hmm. I'm also thinking that's probably also super uncomfortable. What she should have done is had a dress that went to the floor. The dress should have been completely floor-length. We would have never seen the shoe and never I've would never have We never seen
0: the shoe and never would have it paid it any mind. Never would and have everybody
1: cared. would have been, fuck, that's fierce. Yeah. But, so, less Maddie, floor-length dresses when you're going to wear a flat. But yeah. also, I mean, back to the Guy Fieri reference. Um, Guy Fieri is also a strong queer ally because his sister is a was a lesbian and i think she passed away and so what he did is he became an ordained minister and performed over a hundred uh like marriage ceremonies and legally wed over a hundred queer couples when it became legal in san francisco
0: oh work, guy fieri
1: yeah, so nice. it's it's also one of those things is that that is the straightest man you could think of when you're like, that is a straight reference, but it's also very queer. And I think that's really interesting to be like, here's this, like, because I think that describes Maddie in the sense that's that he's Maddie. a very yeah. straight man living in a queer world. So you would almost be like, are you, like, you're queer adjacent. I mean, that's like... Like I'm queer adjacent. I'm basically, yeah, I'm basically like, a gay man. <laughs> yeah, I think
0: that there's, there's, I think I've said this before. There's, there's kind of a spectrum when it comes to like human sexuality and human identity, and drag kind of loves to kind of slide in between and kind of almost, uh, literally poke fun of what is considered masculine and what is considered feminine. And Maddie Morpheus has actually in Untucked made a really astute and profound statement saying that you know uh being in the queer community he's been he's seized and is taught that there are a hundred different ways to 100 million different ways to be queer and it's all beautiful and legitimate and deserves to be recognized but there's but generally you're grow you grow up thinking there, being taught there's really only one way to be straight And so, like, the fact that he expresses his feminine side by doing drag is is literally the the, kind of the epitome of what straight culture considers queer. Like, that's what queerness is. Like, whether it... And drag was never really necessarily about sexuality to begin with, but having a straight man recognize that... Kind of the the spectrum of sexual identity and is okay with that and is able to say like, oh, I'm heterosexual but you know I express my femininity in ways that the straight community has been told is not okay, and that in and because he brings it up when uh, he brings up that kind of journey when all the other queens are talking about like their trauma as queer kids growing up. And he's like, well, obviously I had a different upbringing, but it's, in a way, still very similar because it's all about expressing the things, expressing yourself in ways that society tells us it's not appropriate. Yeah. And that yeah. is queer. And, and that, that is queer. It, it, that is the essential definition of queer. So I think when people were up in arms about a straight man being, and myself included, right at the like initial thought was like, uh, this doesn't feel right, but I think that s- this episode really let us see Medimorphosis perspective, and it's actually quite beautiful, and I think, and what I loved was that all what there's a couple things I actually didn't like about how they handled. Mandy uh sexuality and the, the stuff that I really liked because the queens were like super accepting and were like absolutely he he gets it he's a member of even I think one girl says that she's worked with him and he's
1: a diabetic a diabetic yeah. who's worked with them because they've been in a, they, they live in like neighboring cities or something like that yeah, or near like, some, like really near each some, other
0: yeah some bumfucked place in Midwest yeah but like <laughs> it, but that all the all the queens were like super accepting because they're like, oh no, he gets it. Like he understands and respects the community, and that's all that we really ask for. What I didn't like what happened was essentially re- outing him to the queens right then and there in front of God and everybody, not giving him Morpheus a chance to kind of steer his narrative uh, the way he, that he would want. Uh, no, I, little, I agree.
1: I agree, because I was, like, as I was watching the episode, I, like, out loud to myself and nobody else in the room with me went, not Rue outing Maddie's sexuality.
0: (laughs) Oh, yeah. I was like, he did not just do that right now.
1: Like, I watched, like, because I watched the pit stop and I got the opinion of us like, yeah, but, I mean, it was going to come out at some point. But also, uh, like, but on that same breath, like, how would it, like, how would we feel if Rue had outed Got Mick as trans before right. got Mick had the chance to have that conversation with everybody. I mean, yeah. granted, BC got Mick end up outing themselves in their verse, not realizing it was going to play, but yeah. like, but that was like, that was like trauma for them because, you know, he wanted to be able to be like, hey, I I was, you know, this I'm, tra- my... I'm this is my journey, this is who I am, and to be able to tell that story. And Like
0: Maddie Morphosis didn't get that chance.
1: No. Well, I think also like Maddie kind of was like, I don't really want this to come into play. And because it shouldn't be about me being straight. It should just be about how fierce of a drag queen I am, which I get. And I do appreciate that Diabetti was like helping conceal that for him for a while. Because, like, they're all going around, like, talking about, like, oh, are you a gold star gay? Like, have mm-hmm. you ever touched a vagina? And, mm-hmm. like, some of them are like, oh, no, I'm not. Or, like, oh, no, don't put me near one. And uh, Daya just starts laughing and goes, Maddie's not <laughs> Maddie's not a gold star. Mm-hmm. And they all went, oh, you're not? And he goes, nope. <laughs> and then they move on. They're like, oh, okay, whatever. On, yeah. But it was just, like, Because Daya could have been, Maddie's not a gold star because Maddie and Maddie don't fuck with Dick. But does it? (laughs) it, Like, I appreciate the fact that Daya was like, I'll be your sister right now and I'm not going to out you, but I know you're straight. I know you know that uh, that I know you're straight, but I got your back because you're my sister. And I thought that that was, even though it wasn't like played up that way, I was like, that's how I took that. And I was like, that was really sweet because... Like I said, like yeah. Daya could have outed him because Dia knew saying. the minute he's like the minute Maddie walked in or they saw each other like, oh, okay. Like,
0: this will be fun. Yeah, that's <laughs> what I'm saying. The new. queens, the queens when treating, uh, like when doing with Maddie were like absolutely f- fantastic and it was beautiful and it was actually, it's actually like a real testament to how, uh, how much, uh, like even he says, like, I thought I was an ally until I entered the until I started doing drag and I realized there's still a lot to learn. And that's profound. That's incredibly profound. And I love the fact that the girls were so accepting. It's just that like, it just sucks that like he wanted his sexuality to be not a big thing, but then have it like just put out on blast in front of everybody. Didn't get to give him a, <laughs> didn't give him a second to do that. So no, but I was just like, mm.
1: but the ratings, no, not
0: though.
1: Ru. <laughs> <laughs> but because for Rue it's, but the ratings though, if the I ratings
0: were... would have come we we were already watching she didn't know I know
1: that. but everybody but to have it like see like let's see if this is an issue and of course it's not like because nobody really cares at the end of the day especially if you're like well you're here I could either bitch and complain about it or I can you know deal with it and, and have...
0: that's time
1: and you'll find out never um... <laughs> and we
0: will find out never
1: um, but on that note let's take a break back 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 again hello hi um so uh jj failed me as a partner in crime and didn't watch episode three of the book of boba fett so we're going to talk about episode three next week and four but this week we'll talk about episode two because we didn't talk last week episode two was really (laughs) good and there's a lot to talk about because i really like that episode
0: yeah, this was fun this was uh, Bo- uh, the whole episode was basically like Boba Fett uh, it's interesting that like we're basically a lot of this these first few episodes have been in like flashback yeah we'll see we see that like he's like cause he's in present time in the show's present time he's taken over um, uh, Jabba the Hutt as like the crime lord or whatever or lord whatever he was whatever his official's title was he's a, so the he,
1: uh D'Ano, something like that and he is he has well, technically yeah. not taken over for uh Jabba because Jabba had already died in the third and st- episode six or it was the other one what's his it, name Fortun- it was oh my god I just had it in front of my face in my brain cells and then it went big Fortuna
0: Fortuna. I mean, it was, like, something Fortuna.
1: Yeah, it was Bib Fortuna. So, because we saw at the end of The Mandalorian, he d- 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 walks into it, boom, bye. Uh,
0: boom, bye, and this is mine now. <laughs> My place so, now.
1: So he's taking over, so, though, as the crime
0: boss. Present time. Mm-hmm. But then we, but we get these glimpses into, like, his past, because obviously this is a Boba Fett story, so we need to know what happened to Boba Fett to get to this point. Episode one, we see him... <sighs> how he gets out of the um what's it the sarlacc is that the thing that he was in
1: yeah the Snarlacc.
0: so you know and that was like during empire strikes back return of the jedi
1: return of the jedi
0: return of the jedi mm-hmm. so like it's been it's been a hot minute since boba Fett, well he's appeared in things Was it in the Christmas special
1: too? Well, okay. So the Christmas special happened after the first star Wars movie, after a new hope. And so the Christmas special is what Boba Fett was introduced in. It was, and he was only introduced in animated form and he was writing like a dinosaur. (laughs) Of course. (laughs) It was like a giant lizard thing that was supposed to be something canonical, but, um, I don't know. It was, it was a dinosaur. But that's what—that's how we were introduced to Boba Fett, and people were like, "Huh?" And uh, George Lucas went, "I'll keep it." And then we saw him, and we first meet him in uh, Empire, um, and then he dies. Say in, goodbye to him, <laughs> and then we say good, immediately say goodbye to him in the next movie. Mm-hmm. Um, like at the top of that movie too—he does real quick, and
0: it's—it's it's like right, right away.
1: And it's also one of those things that it was, like, yeah, it was one of those real quick deaths, but you're also, like, that was kind of a punk-ass way to die, too. Like, you just, like, jetpack into the Snorla- the Snarlack pit. <laughs> yeah. And you're yeah. like, okay, bye.
0: That's kind of, that's, that's a little lame, but.
1: But I like that we're trying to build back up his badassery. We're yeah. building back up the interest and the, uh, the fascination that is. Uh, Boba Fett, and why we all like f- were fascinated
0: by this character. Yeah. Why fans would love this character so much.
1: Um, and I like that we're building up this backstory, and I also love, uh, how well we're building up and uh, really getting to care for, uh, the Sand People.
0: Yeah, because or the Tuscan Raiders, the Tuscans because they're. Uh, uh, in the movies canonically they're essentially bad people they're just like aren't they just like scavengers that like it will at, at, at a moment's notice just like rob and steal you or, yeah because remember
1: luke can't go out at night to go look for r2 because the sand people come out at night and so he goes out in the day and immediately gets attacked by sand people no who are the tuscan raiders And they're nothing more than these, uh, you know, people who attack. But I really like that. We're really like the, uh, the Mandalorian kind of helped flush them out a little bit more as well, but we're really flushing them out even further with these, uh, with this series. And you're getting to understand their culture. You're getting to see them as, you know, humans and this tribe and, uh, I mean, you find out that the, the, that Tatooine used to be a water location before like that dried up and the Tuscans were dominant over this water, like, like this water area. And as it dr- dried up, they started dying out and only had pockets of places that were left for them. And you're like, Damn. Who would have thought after watching a new hope I would have ever given a shit about these characters but I really really like these characters now
0: mm-hmm. like and they're and they're even like uh, I forget what the story with the the train is but they're like being uh, they're being attacked by this train that comes comes through. Okay so this
1: train is very important Well the train itself isn't important But the people on the train become important in the next episode And it's also people that we've seen before But not people that you've seen before Because you didn't watch Solo No (laughs) But they are being attacked by the pikes Which are these like fish people things And Mm -hmm, so mm -hmm. the pikes are coming through Because the pikes are doing trading. So they are they are doing
0: Lucas loves his trade. (laughs) We love
1: to trade things. But they're coming through trade federations and trade deals. Yes, they're coming through for trading. And what they are doing is that they are shooting at the, the Tuscan the Tuscan Raiders as they they zoom through and they shoot first. Because they don't want to be attacked because they've always been told that the Tuscans will just attack. And the Tuscan raiders are like, that shit moves too fast. We don't care. <laughs> we'll leave right, it right. be. It's no no bother for us until you start, you know you start, you know, killing our Banthas and our our people. And Boba Fett is like No no. I'm gonna teach you how to be uh, motorcycle riders basically we're gonna become a biker gang we're gonna practice this okay i love the fact that we spend like a solid 30 seconds watching that like sequence of watching this this tuscan raider try to jump from bike to bike because (laughs) usually you'd see him do it once and then the next time they got it we watched this fucker fall off that bike like Eight times and it yeah. was hysterical Every time and I'm mm-hmm. like And so when he finally gets it it's that much More like rewarding but yeah, my yeah. Favorite is like the second to last one Where he fully lands on the thing And then is like I'm gonna fix my feet And then like flips off the back and you're like You were on it you were, you were There So close!" <sighs> I believe in you And so then he finally does it you're like yeah You know montage complete midair freeze jump. Like, <laughs> all all of that and more. But they eventually, you know, get through and they, they take down the train and um, are able to talk to the Pikes and they're like, hey, you're going to walk back and you're going to tell them that the Sand People, the Tuscans, own this land and that if you're going to come through to do trading or bartering or whatever you're gonna have to pay your toll to us. And because we're the people, we're the shit, like this is this is this land belongs to them, so you fucking deal with it. And the the sand the, the sand people, the Tuscan raiders, are like this guy's pretty cool. We we accept you, friend. And so they finally <laughs> fully embrace Boba Fett as their people and then they give him a like they throw some spice which is obviously drugs onto his face also um in case you forgot george lucas totally copied dune when he was writing star wars (laughs) and they really make it obvious while they're talking in this episode they're in the dune sea and oh what's that you have is it spice spice what's it look like oh that spice? I didn't know you called it spice.
0: Oh, right, right, right. <laughs> but the thing
1: for but the thing in Dune was that they were trading spice, but spice is an allegory for drugs, and so you throw some spice drugs on your face, and and he's like, here, it's a lizard, and he goes, it'll show you, you know, it'll show you the way, and he's like, do I follow it? And that lizard jumps up his nose into his brain. And then Absolutely. Boba Fett goes on the biggest, like, the biggest drug acid trip of his life. He is tripping balls, man.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's
1: so good. But then he comes back uh, after doing his little dream, you know, dream walk-in with water and branches and flashback stuff. He had a flashback within his flashback. That was fun.
0: Like neat.
1: <laughs> um, and he comes back with the stick. So I can brought you this branch. And then they make him his own little little. I'm making motion like you can see me, but you know, fighty stick thing with the spiky thing on the end. Yeah. And like the a, knobby thing little... on the other end. It has yeah, a like name. It's like
0: a spear hook thing.
1: It has a name. I don't remember what it is, but it has a name. Um, so he's got a fighty tool thing that they, that he got to make with a special stick he got from his drug dream <laughs> with his lizard spirit animal. Um, and also during the uh, the present time sequence, the uh, the hut twins come to visit. And they have with them a big old Wookiee. He a mean Wookiee. Oh, yeah,
0: that giant... Yeah, the, <laughs> the black Wookiee.
1: Well, no, his name is Black Chrysanthemum. And he is from the Darth Vader comics.
0: Neat. And. A,
1: and so, apparently, he was, like, a bounty hunter. Like, I think he, at one point he was, like with like the gladiators and fighting and stuff like for like entertainment. And then he was also a bounty hunter like Boba was. So there's like some history and some beef between Boba and black chrysanthemum because at one point they're looking Uh, at each other and you're like, Oh, Oh, I smell some tension here. (laughs) Gotcha. What what kind of tension is it? I don't know. Cause they all bounce pretty quickly, but black chrysanthemum, He's, uh, he's someone to keep an eye out because I have a feeling we haven't seen the last of Black Chrysanthemum.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> but, I have a feeling. But, uh, man, it was like I didn't realize they needed to see a badass Wookiee until I saw a badass Wookiee and I was like, oh, that is a I badass, like badass Wookiee. And I'm not gonna lie, if that if that badass Wookie was personified as a human, it would be like a big old like bodybuilder black man.
0: Oh yeah. Super intimidating looking.
1: Yeah, like you do not want to meet that that Wookie in an alley alone.
0: <laughs> no, 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 no. It's that it's that like the I literally lost my train of thought. Bye.
1: <laughs> it just went a, a, your, your, your thought went down the train with the spice.
0: Uh, yeah. Or in my nose, like with the lizard.
1: <laughs> On the train in your nose. Ooh, don't do drugs.
0: Don't do drugs, kids.
1: <laughs> hey, friends, don't do spice. And don't, don't do, do lizard. <laughs> don't do lizard. Oh, man. Um, but it was a really good episode, and I can't wait for you to watch the next episode because the only, the only thing I'm going to say for you is Power Rangers. And when you get to that I point did. in the episode, you'll, you'll understand. Because <laughs> you'll come back and been like, fucking Power Rangers.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Power Rangers, bruh.
1: It's literally, it's just, go, go, Power Rangers. It's so good. It's so good. Um... <laughs> But are you enjoying the show so far, Mr. Jaja? Uh,
0: I mean, it, there are moments where I'm like, "Oh, this is this is kind of a it's a little slow moving, but the parts that I that do like start picking up, it really pays off." So, I'm thinking it's only been a couple episodes anyhow, so I think it's just like trying to set the stage and get get, get things started before uh things start to really kind of like go off the rails or whatnot or whatnot.
1: Yeah. I will say that episode three does spend more time in the now than it does in the past. We do have some travel back in time moments, but it's not as much as like this episode. Like the first episode I thought was a little more 50 50. It was like, we went back in time. We did a whole bunch of stuff in the present. Then we ended the episode back in time. Episode two we did a little bit in the present, and then we spent, like, 75% of it back in time. Because there's a whole bunch of st- story that need to be told back then. Yeah. And then episode three, I would say we spend about 25% of it um, back in time. And then the rest of the episode is in the now.
0: Um. Good to know.
1: Yeah. Oh, and there's also a, um, a new character that joins us in the next episode, and you're gonna go, is that? (gasps) It is! And that'll be fun for you, too. Hooray! (laughs) Um, and then, um, on that note, let's move on. Um, you do not play catch-up, because we be busy, we have life and shit. Yay. Um... But Joanna's watched a lot of television, because I had a three day weekend. Um, so what you
0: been watching, Joanna?
1: What have I been watching? Well, um, we still need to eventually talk about Cobra Kai season four whenever you decide to watch that. Um, it'll get there. Work less, pack more times in more hours in the day, so you can watch more television. <laughs> Just do get it. Get right on it.
0: Okay.
1: Thanks. Um, and then I started watching the boys. I know Joanna's late to the party. <laughs> For once Joanna plays catch up.
0: And uh, And I uh, saw, I think the first two episodes and was like, oh, this is actually really fucking cool.
1: It's really good very adult. Uh, the first super adult. Oh my gosh. <laughs> the, the the start it starts off very in your face, um, with the death of a character you thought was gonna be a main character. And she just explodes in front of your face.
0: Oh my God, yeah.
1: Because there's uh, because it's a, it's a story about superheroes, if you didn't know. And the superheroes are all a little corrupt, which is kind of fun. But um, you have a speedster named A-Train who is... Um, uh, he's hopped up on some drugs. Which I don't know if you know that part yet or not, but it comes up by like episode three if you haven't heard about it yet. And yeah. he, um, he's out of control running super fast and legitimately runs through this, this woman. Girl.
0: It just, she just explodes in blood and guts. And you're just like, uh, and like
1: full on just explode, explode, um, to where, um, Jack Quaid, who is our, one of our main protagonists in the show, um, is just holding to her hands
0: mm-hmm.
1: as, <laughs> uh, she is completely exploited from the wrists onward.
0: And, and does, and I think he doesn't even stop or does he stop and says, and says like, sorry, and then just like speeds off again or something.
1: Yeah, basically. The first episode. Yeah, basically, he kind of slows down to say, I didn't mean to, and then rushes off again. And then never takes, like, full responsibility for the fact that no. he had done that. Because. Or acknowledges. Yeah. That,
0: that, that, that had even occurred. Yeah.
1: <laughs> well, because, like, so Jack Quaid's character, uh, Huey, he, like, is trying to like maybe do a lawsuit or do something to try to make these people just take responsibility for the fact that they killed his girlfriend. And it's not even that he wants the money or the payout. He just wants people to be held accountable for it. And nobody wants to do it. And he's like, he finally gets the guy to do make an apology. And it's so insincere that you're like, cool. Oh yeah. And then they're like, and then here's the check. And they're like, and Mm -hmm. then here's the, here's like $40,000. Have fun. And he's like, yeah, no, he like rips up the check. But you're sitting there and you're just like, huh. Okay. Um, Yeah, because these people are corrupt and terrible. And at one point, like later in in the first season, A-Train, like... ends up running into, like, not, not running into. <laughs> he did that once and his girlfriend died. Um, he, oh. he, like, they, uh, he walks by uh, Huey, Jack Quaid's character. And Huey's like, oh, fuck. Oh, fuck. I had this whole deal with him. He's going to recognize me. He's going to recognize me. And he looks at him. And he goes, hey, man, what? He's like, do you want an autograph or something? Yeah. Does not even acknowledge Doesn't that he recognizes remember. him. Yeah. Not even a clue, and you're just like, wow, wow. And what's great is that like we focus a lot on A Train, but A Train's not even like the worst of these superheroes.
0: Yeah, he's he is, he is like preschool level compared to like the rest of the debauchery of the other team. Teen- like the superhero team like the invisible guy like just like creepily like just like hangs out in the women's bathroom and watches women like use the restroom and like the uh is it the awkward man character he like full on solicits sex from like the. Oh yeah, he like full newcomer. on sexually.
1: He full on sexually assaults the uh the new female team member of their group. Mm-hmm. Um, but what's great is that you're like, oh yeah, no, this guy is garbage, and you accept that he's garbage. But by season two, you almost start to feel bad for him, because but you're still oh. like, but you're also like. But man, you totally sexually assaulted Starlight in the first episode. But I also kind of get where you're at. But like, you're also trash. But I kind of feel bad for you. It's a yeah. really fascinating journey you go on with these these characters. So I'm in season two now. Um, I the, know
0: season three is coming around the corner.
1: Yeah, season three will be in June. And depending on what our Lord and Savior... Um, the the house of the mickey mouse decides to offer us up by means of uh marvel or star wars shows that we need to talk about um we may in june because june 3rd is when the first three episodes drop we may do uh from june to july talk about the boys season three depending on if JJ can get all of those episodes watched by them. But I have faith. That's six months from now. You have a whole five months to really to 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 watch 16 episodes. That's not a lot. Because in the matter of like three days, I've watched a season and a half.
0: I mean, fair. Yeah.
1: But I also didn't have to work on Monday. So there's that. Yay, holidays. Um, yeah, and at some point we'll talk about Cobra Kai, but that's my my latest thing that I've been delved deep into is the, uh, watching the boys. I think uh, The Witcher is on one of my next uh, need-to-watch shows because I haven't watched that yet. Um... Really, I know what's cool to watch by talking to the teenagers at my school. (laughs) (laughs) I went, hey, friends, I'm watching The Boys. And they're like, all right, great. I started watching The Witcher. I was like, damn it, I need to watch that too. (laughs) Stop suggesting good television, teenagers.
0: I think the new season of The Witcher has either been uploaded or is about to be. I think it just came out. I think it
1: just came out. Um, Because I want to say I've been seeing uh, YouTube reactions for Random episodes popping up That's how I know that That's how I know if things are trending or not Or if the, uh, the different reaction channels That I subscribe to on YouTube Are watching it So if I see the real Rejects are previewed pop up on my uh on my thing going okay this is a reaction to the witcher i'd be like fuck i need to watch that like i had the whole section of like the boys season two that i didn't watch because i hadn't watched the show yet it's so hard to stay on top of things make us famous so i can watch watch. tele. make us famous so i can quit my job and just watch tv and commentate on it wouldn't
0: that be lovely y'all
1: It'd be nice. I can tell you about all nice. the things. Um, but while we dream about being rich and famous, um, we're going to take another break because that's how we get money. <laughs> so we're going to take a break.
0: Oh my God, I cannot with the housing market right now, Joanna.
1: Have I not told you about Capital Realty Center?
0: Oh, the premier realty group that supported and succeeded throughout the California landscape? Now I remember.
1: If that's what you're looking for, call Kathy Johnson at 916-606-0687 to win that next bid.
0: That's Kathy Johnson with Capital Realty Center. At 916-606-0687. License number zero
1: two zero 02021378. We're back.
0: Let's go. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. All
1: right. So we're going to talk about a couple things coming up that um, super intrigue me and uh, that I put on the list. And... J.J. goes, I didn't see that. And then started watching the trailer and went, just kidding, I did. <laughs> that looks interesting. Mm-hmm. So what we're talking about is uh, on uh, Peacock.
0: In the Peacock. Uh,
1: on February 6th, we're going to get a reboot of The Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. Except for it's just called Bel-Air.
0: <laughs> yeah, because it, it wants to be it wants to be edgier and different. It's not The Fresh Prince. It's just Bel-Air. Bel-Air.
1: Um, And so it's the same basic story. Like as I'm watching this trailer, because I have famously, I have seen all of every single episode of the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. I I loved that show growing up. I thought it was great and fun. And, um, and it was also one of those things that I realized now as an adult looking back that I didn't understand. I couldn't make the connection of why People are like, there needs to be more like representation on television because I exclusively only watched a lot of like black sitcom televisions, like in oh, the yeah. in I the two thousands.
0: Oh yeah,
1: and so like I watched like, a lot. I of...
0: grew up with like Moesha, Family Matters.
1: Um... Oh yeah, I watched Moesha, The Parkers. I watched. Uh, girlfriends. Uh, I remember girlfriends. Yep. My my wife and kids. Uh, my Wife and
0: Kids, yes, with Damon Wayans and uh, Regina, what's her last name? I forget, King? I can never remember. Regina King.
1: And uh, I watched the Wayne Brothers show. Like, I watched all of it. We're brothers.
0: So... We're, happy we're happy and, and we're single color.
1: Coming. Give it a, Give high, me a high, high five. five. <laughs> oh. Oh, man. Oh, man. Um, yeah, no, I loved my... Uh, My sitcoms and television shows featuring um a colored families because I thought it was great. That's and that's what I knew. And so then growing up and being like, oh, did pe? Do people have a problem with this? Because that's all I watched.
0: It's like, oh, you don't see enough black people. I exclusively watch black people,
1: (laughs) 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 and not even consciously. They just made it just like a really interesting television was made by people who were featured casts of people with, you know, deep skin. And I was like, yes, please give me more. Cause I like your storylines. Um, but that's just me. But anyways, um, so watching this trailer for Bel Air, I was like, okay, yeah. So there he is in Philly. And, but instead of being like, pushed around and things getting serious. Like, you can kind of see, like, oh, some guns were drawn, and so they got him out. But, like, maybe there was, there's, like, looks like there's, like, more that they're not telling us that's, like, beyond the surface level. But then you're like, oh, we see him, he's going to his posh white person school where Carlton is the one who's knows what's up, but oh, look, our boy Will, he's turning his jacket inside out because that's what he did in the show. In the original show, and, like, even some of the lines, like, when he comes in and he goes, like, and he's, like, we're reintroducing ourselves to who these people are supposed to be because they're new faces, and he goes, that's not baby Ashley, because that's what he said in the pilot episode of The Fresh Prince, because I started trying to rewatch that not too long ago, and then new shit kept coming out, I was like, I can't keep watching stuff from the 90s, I'm busy.
0: (laughs) <laughs> I got shit to do,
1: okay? I got shit to do. But I rewatched a lot of that first season, and boy, like, I think I watched season one and part of season two. And boy, let me tell you, like, there are things there where, if you were a fan like I was, you go, huh, oh, I recognize that. Huh, oh, I recognize that. But it feels like The Fresh Prince of Bel-Air brought to you by Empire.
0: Yeah, it feels like in in intensely, like, Gritty, just for the sake of being gritty. Like, I don't know if I should take this uh, seriously. And it's only because I'm coming from the uniquely millennial perspective, having seen the original Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. So this yeah. seems like a little over the top for Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, which was already over the top.
1: <laughs> yeah, well, because I think what they're trying to do is they're trying to do a more grounded, realistic um, oh, and, yeah, I totally get more, what, they're, what they're going yeah. for, for sure. And more, uh, this is what black people in America have to deal with, even if you're rich, kind of thing. But, uh, yeah, like, as of right now, I'm not mad at it, but I'm not, like, excited about it. I'm kind of, like, indifferent about it.
0: Yeah, it's, it's a little, like, it, it'll have to... It'll have to, like, make some significant, like, uh, buzz for me to be like, okay, things. This seems to be getting a lot of traction. Maybe I should start watching this because I'm not entirely. Like I said, it it, 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 it comes off a little bit pretentious in, in a way that I'm, like, not. Like, it's not. I. I, again, I'm coming from the millennial. It, Fresh Prince was campy. This seems to be too taking it too seriously. And I don't know if I, if it's. I don't know if I if I'm the right, like audience for this. Like it's, this seems like something that, like for for somebody new, to kind yeah. of get into.
1: Oh, this is definitely for Gen Z, um and not for millennials it feels, and, it feels and Gen a lot X's. Like, <laughs>
0: It gives me a lot of like euphoria. Have you ever heard that uh, that show on um, Showtime? The ones Zendaya's about, is in. Yeah, it's giving me very like euphoria vibes. Like it's supposed to be like this gritty, intense like teenage—not necessarily just teenage drama, but like this like intense dr- drama. Uh, I don't know. It, 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 if it if it gets significant traction, then. I may check it out, but I'm not. I'm not like chomping at the bit to. To get it.
1: I uh, see. I'm one of those people who I'm like. I'll watch the first episode and see if it hooks me enough to want to watch the second episode. Um, I just got to see if I even get peacock. A peacock. Because I don't know if I have that one yet, and I I'm not so the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air reboot is not going to be the thing to get me to buy Peacock. So if I have to pay for it, I'm not going to watch it. But if I have it, but if I have it, or I am, like, scrolling through because I randomly find out that I have channels that I didn't realize that I was paying for I didn't realize was added onto my thing. Like, I turned on my fire stick today to watch stuff and it'll have listed on my Amazon Fire Stick what my Amazon channels are so I knew I had Paramount Plus and I knew I had uh, AMC Plus because I added AMC to watch Doctor Who and then in between it has stars and I'm like I don't know I had stars what the fuck's on stars
0: <laughs> go to me <laughs>
1: huh. I don't know because <laughs> it's not like my Amazon bills all that expensive so I was like huh, go figure so maybe I'll click on it, figure out what's on stars. So I'm gonna start randomly going through the things that I'm subscribed to and see if peacocks included on any of them.
0: Well, I actually get peacock for free because I, it, it, my, uh, I get it through Xfinity. Uh, Xfinity. But it's like the basic ass. Like I still have to watch like commercials every now and again. Boo. I Although a nice premium one.
1: Although AMC Plus has, uh, has a few commercials in it when I watch Doctor Who. But I think that's like uh, because it's they have to. That's how they pay for their uh, the rights from the BBC to be able to get it. So they're mm. like, you have to watch. But there's only like a couple of commercials and they're not very long. So it's not like when you get like Hulu commercials and you're like, I have to sit here for two and a half minutes
0: like this is bullshit
1: <laughs> you're like no that's why i pay for hulu without ads <laughs> right. i don't want to deal with your ads but yeah i don't know maybe i'll uh i'll ask for your your peacock login and i'll check out bel Air and tell you if it's worth it or not and i'll tell all you friends out there too so on february 6th i'll watch bel air i'll do it for you and i'll tell you how it is and if it's good, I'll keep watching. And if it's not good, I'll tell you it's not good. And I won't keep watching because that's how we do here. <laughs> um, and then um, the last thing we got, our, um, our, our deacon sent to us by our Lord and Savior, the uh, House of Mickey Mouse, um, Kevin Feige, has presented us a present. And it's not only a present for us, but it is a birthday present for our producer, Jonathan, because on his birthday of March 30th, uh, we will get Moon Knight on Disney Plus.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah, I like I literally I sent him a uh, the the video of the trailer, which I'm sure he had already seen by that point. And I said, Daddy Feige got you a birthday present. <laughs> Daddy Feige loves you, too, because he got us birthday presents last year.
0: I haven't I, seen my birthday present yet.
1: I know you need to start watching your birthday present before Daddy Feige doesn't give you another one.
0: Yeah, I know. Isn't it supposed to be coming out on Disney Plus soon, or? Boo boo! It's already out. It's already it's, on, on the Disney on Plus or something. Is it? Uh, A
1: Disney Plus. Daddy Feige is owned by the mouse.
0: <laughs> I, can, I I remember seeing it that it was streaming somewhere. So. Yeah, it's not.
1: yeah. Yeah. Sure. You'll get it done. <laughs> I believe you.
0: Oh, where was that faith before, huh? <laughs> it,
1: it's false faith. I don't believe that you're going to get it done until I sit down and make you watch it.
0: Yeah, well, we'll see.
1: <laughs> but anyway, midnight. It's, it's it's 1.40 in the morning, friends. I apologize. I don't really. You choose to listen to us. Um, why, I don't know. Um, but Moon Knight is a superhero I know very little about. And by very little, I mean, I know what Eric Voss of New Rockstars told me a couple hours ago when I was watching the video. <laughs> um, and who knows how 100% accurate to that comic it's actually going to be. Because uh, Disney likes to take what take the source material and play with it a little bit. So it's interesting and makes sense for screens. But the little bit that I do know is that
0: that's what Hollywood does.
1: <laughs> yes, what little I do know is that uh, Moon Knight is uh, the uh, like the alter ego kind of like personality thing of a man named Mark personality
0: thing?
1: well it's a man (laughs) named Mark Spector and so what it looks like from the trailer is that when he falls asleep he changes personalities and like identities and so he has like three main identities that we're kind of playing with which is one of Mark one of Steven and one of somebody else whose name I don't know if we got yet That I don't think we got in the trailer so we have at least two named ones and um, Oscar Isaac looks like he's going to do a brilliant job in this because he's a great actor.
0: Oh yeah, yeah. Like seeing him kind of like switching between like said characters and personalities, and like seeing his reaction when he like kind of like regains his regains control and consciousness and realizes like oh I've been in a blackout because the the other personality was. Um,
1: the, was like in the, the, charge.
0: was like in charge or whatever?
1: Yeah, no, it's fascinating. And so at one point, like at towards the end of the trailer, he like answers a phone that he finds in the wall, and the person on the other end's like, "Oh my god, Mark, I'm so glad. I like I thought you were dead. What what happened to you?" And he responds, "Why are you calling me Mark? <laughs> who are you?" Because he clearly doesn't remember who that identity is. Mm-hmm, um mm-hmm. this Steve Steven guy who is the character that we're kind of seeing the, uh, who we're spending the most time with in this trailer. And it's fascinating because he's purposely like trying to keep himself awake. So he doesn't fall asleep because he's not quite sure of what's happening. Um, And then he's uh, the villain is going to be played by uh, Ethan Hawke.
0: And Ethan Hawke is a powerhouse actor in and of himself. So that's exciting.
1: Right, so that's like super fascinating. I'm really excited about that because he's <coughs> looks like he's gonna do amazing. Also, as like he's like a cult leader, <laughs> I guess right. that's like what I'm like pulling from the trailer. I'm like interesting, and um, yeah, the the like the whole outfit that we get to see at the end looks really good, like they really like took their time putting together what this outfit's going to look like. And then there's theories going around that like of who might how like this might be how we get blade into the MCU because he was like a voice in a post credit scene in Eternals, which you would have heard if you had watched the the movie just saying, Um, but we didn't see him. We just kind of heard his voice off screen kind of going, are you sure you want to do that? And then that's it. And you're like, but I want more. I, I want more Blade, and so uh, I think Moon Knight and Blade have interactions, um, and yeah, I don't know. It just looks really cool, and I'm really excited to see this more. Uh, I guess it's like a it's like a darker version, a little a little more darker Marvel, but also taking on like the seriousness of like mental health and kind of exploring that option within this film, like within this TV show medium. And also the fact that we're, we're really starting to get these, like we're really doubling down on these. I haven't heard of you superhero character before, but we're going to use mm-hmm. you now
0: because yeah, we've got gotten... cool we're like, we're getting uh, characters that like are deep cuts.
1: Yeah, and then from what I understand, like the the name of the Ethan Hawks character, whose name I've already forgotten, um, but it said, like a few people have said that that character in itself is like a deep cut within the Moon Knight characters because that character was only in one issue of the comics. Ooh. So everybody's like, that's a deep cut. I wonder where that's going. And I'm like I wouldn't know even if I knew who that was.
0: <laughs> it's like I'm just as, I'm just as curious as you are.
1: I'm just as curious and more confused than you, but I'm excited for this ride because it looks really good. Like, yeah, I don't know nothing about no moon net, but I'm ready for it because it looks cool. It looks like shot really well. Um, the acting's gonna be spectacular because you have really good actors. <laughs>
0: Yeah, and, so hopefully, yeah. and, I mean, Marvel has has been churning out some really good content, and, uh, so we'll see, like, the, I'm expecting the writing to be high caliber, so it'll be interesting.
1: Yeah, but I guess we're at the end. We made it. We did it. We did it. We did it. <laughs> uh Ugh. The door is that Gia gun has opened for us.
0: <laughs>
1: um, so, uh, hey, thank you for listening to Nobody Asked Our Opinion. You can send us an email with any and all of your opinions at opinion at gmail.com. Not today, Satan. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Follow us on Instagram and TikTok at Nobody Asked Our Opinion. You can listen to us on YouTube at Nobody Asked Our Opinion Podcast. You can follow me at Joey Snow two thousand six, and you can follow JJ
0: at Piano Man underscore zero five.
1: Follow our unpaid intern Natalia at the Third Rule Creative, Miranda the Ten Minute Recap Master at Miranda D Lawson, and our producer Jonathan at Jelly Sound. Rate us and leave us a review wherever you get your podcasts and tell your friends to check us out. Join us every Thursday, fingers crossed, hopefully, uh, to hear us talk more about pop culture and, um, everything Sesame Street. There'll be a Sesame Street segment (laughs) if we're, if we're not careful. (laughs) And, uh, join us, uh, as we live under the cult of the House of Mouse, (laughs) Our Lord and Savior, uh, the House and Mouse, uh, the House of Mouse, um, as sung by our Lord and Savior Kelly Clarkson. Um, Could you
0: imagine if it Kelly Clarkson sang the Mickey Mouse, uh, Club's theme?
1: And that's how I know I would know that that cult is real.
0: <laughs>
1: that and we might have accidentally started a cult. I wouldn't oh, be mad at it no. though.
0: Oh. I wouldn't be mad at it.
1: (laughs) It'd be fine. It'd be okay. Um, So, yeah. uh, Join us next week where we're going to talk about uh, who knows what, but it'll be definitely about stuff that happened. Uh, That's what we do. That's what we do. Uh, Catch you on the flip side. I don't know why I'm making bad references. I'm going to leave now. (laughs) Okay, bye.
0: Goodbye now. (laughs)
1: Goodbye.